0: Because Christians believe these things, Christians should be the happiest and most humble people in the world. Like if you think about it, see Christians should be the happiest because they truly believe that they are fully loved by God himself, that they are forgiven of every wrong they've done. And they should also be the most humble because they also fully believe that it has nothing to do with what they've done. There's nothing to be proud about because it's a gift from God, right? So Christians should be the happiest and most humble people in the world. But somehow, Our relationship to Jesus often makes us feel superior to others.
1: Welcome to Together for For Salem. Salem. We're so glad you decided to tune in this Mm -hmm. weekend or during the week, whenever is convenient for you and the people that you watch with. Hello, what's up?
2: What's up? Podcasters. (laughs) podcasters. <laughs> there it is.
1: Uh, so if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, listening on the podcast, we thank you. We welcome you. There's a welcome form for you to fill out. Zero pressure. Zero. So it's just a good way to start a conversation. Request a Bible, request a prayer. We'll send you a free e-gift card just for saying hello. This is put out by
2: Cross Creek Community Church That's right. in lovely Salem, Oregon.
1: That's right. And in lovely Salem, Oregon this weekend, there is an Iron Man 70.3 mile triathlon. It seems
2: like a really long distance. It's a
1: long distance and it's amazing. We'll talk about it on the other side here because it did affect some of our weekend plans. We're gonna pass it off to our friend John mm-hmm. for part six of what do you think? And then we'll come back on the other side with a couple giveaways and some announcements. Mm-hmm. We'll see you in a bit.
0: So, Christians are kind of weird. First, we believe God became a human, a, a peasant in the first century in the Middle East. And then that he, he died, but then rose again under his own power. And we believe that his, his death and re- resurrection give us the ability to be forgiven of the pain that we've caused others, and that his death and resurrection give us the ability to have a perfect relationship with him, with God, now and forever. And we also believe that nothing we do, nothing we can do, there's nothing we can do to earn or deserve this relationship with God, that it's it's all on him. We, all have, we just trust him, which is the opposite of a, most world religions, like the idea of karma, right? If your good outweighs your bad, then God's happy with you. It, Christians believe kind of like the opposite, that no matter who you are, God himself died for you, and you can accept his forgiveness and a full life forever with him as a free gift, just through trusting him or putting faith in him. And then... We believe that Jesus will come back someday, like physically come back someday, and end pain and suffering and death forever. And I know for a lot of people that is pretty weird when you get into it, right? And whether you believe that's true or not, I think if you think about it, you would probably agree that because of these beliefs, because Christians believe these things, Christians should be. The happiest and most humble people in the world. Like if you think about it. See, Christians should be the happiest because they truly believe that they are fully loved by God Himself, that they are forgiven of every wrong they've done, that they are free to be them, that they actually have true purpose in their life, and that they have a true hope for the future, just the immediate future and the eternal future. So they probably should, if they believe those things, they should be the happiest people in the world. And they should also be the most humble because they also fully believe that it has nothing to do with what they've done. They didn't earn this, it's just a gift. There's nothing to be proud about because it's a gift from God, right? So Christians should be the happiest and most humble people in the world. But somehow our relationship to Jesus often makes us feel superior to others. Isn't that weird? See, we think that our, our status as believers earns us the right to have authority over society, that we have the, the right to tell others what they are supposed to do, that, that this belief in Jesus earns us the authority to, to know better, and a whole list of areas. Now, what's interesting is the first Jesus followers were weird, too. They had the same beliefs. In Jesus. The same beliefs that uh, of forgiveness and an eternal future. But they didn't feel superior to others around them. They didn't fight for power and authority over society. See, they didn't think a relationship with Jesus gave them a higher status. In fact, it was the opposite. The historical writings of of people who who weren't Christians at the time, but are writing about this group of Jesus followers, they they characterized the first Christians and and mocked them for their beliefs, yes, but also for their humility and and their love, which was kind of weird in that society at the time. So what's the difference? What's the difference between the first century Jesus followers and the 21st century Jesus followers? And I think it's this, the first century Jesus followers, the first ones who were closest to the beginning of the movement, they accepted this truth, that Jesus followers do not exist to get great authority, but they exist to give great service. And so to kind of explain this, I want to look at a story that was re, that's been retold wherever the story of Jesus took root. We find it in the eyewitness account of Jesus' life, what we call the book of Matthew, kind of near the end in chapter 20. And Matthew was one of Jesus' closest followers. He was a tax collector. Go through the history of of Roman tax collectors and how they were hated by their people and that type of thing. But Matthew kind of, Jesus called Matthew and changed his life. And so Matthew recorded what it was like to be with Jesus. And in this uh, record of Jesus' life, we have a scene where two other of Jesus' followers, James and John, brothers, they have their mom come and ask Jesus. This is kind of near the end of Jesus' uh, life here on earth. Have, a mo- have their mom, like, Mom, will you please go ask Jesus? They have their mom, go ask Jesus. When, when Jesus, when you become king of the world, they believe Jesus was bringing in some type of kingdom, will you have my sons sit on your right and left? Meaning, will you have them be your top two guys? Well, can they rule with you and have the highest authority with you? Now, James and John were two of the three of Jesus' closest followers. Peter was the other one. And so maybe James and John were like, Mom, we're kind of getting to the end. Jesus is about to do his thing. We're going to Jerusalem. He's going to show everybody that he's the Messiah, the Chosen One. And Peter's kind of like been taking the lead. So let's go and make sure that we solidify our spot. Let's edge Peter out a little bit and make sure that, you know, We get to rule with Jesus because we're close to him. I mean, we're two brothers who are close to Jesus. We deserve this authority. We'd be good rulers, right, mommy? Which I don't know why they thought that because they were just fishermen, why they thought they could rule the world. I don't know. But here's the thing. They assumed that Jesus' kingdom would be like the other kingdoms in the world. And we still do that, a lot of us, right? A kingdom that we need to fight for, a kingdom that needs to uh, solidify power and authority and that type of thing. So James and John have their mom ask Jesus and this, this question. And they're kind of like standing behind her, hiding behind her shawl, right? And Jesus says, guys, you don't know what you're asking. You don't understand what this kingdom is like. Being great in the kingdom I am bringing, in my kingdom, in the kingdom of heaven, comes with a huge price tag, which is suffering. If you want to be great in my kingdom, you're, you're going to suffer. Can you, can you handle that suffering that I'm going to have to go through? And James and John are like, oh yeah, we totally can handle that. And Jesus says to them, well, you will suffer And you know, history tells us they did suffer for following Jesus. He says, you will suffer, but it's not up to me to say who gets to do what and what not. The father has already decided all of that. And so it kind of puts that down, but the problem is the other disciples catch wind of this conversation and it doesn't go well. When the other 10 disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant, meaning they were irate. They were saying, this isn't fair. Like, why do you get to do that? And really, if you think about it, they're probably just mad that they didn't think of it first. Like, why didn't we think of asking Jesus if we could rule higher than you guys? And Matthew was one of the guys that was there, and he's recording this, right? Like, how dare you guys? We, we should have thought of having our mom come too. But Jesus called them together. Hey, boys, come over here and said, you know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. So he calls them together and he says, Yes, that is how the rest of the world works. Everybody fighting for authority, right? You've experienced this, guys, from birth. As being the Jews in, in occupied Israel under Rome and with this, this temple religion going on, you've experienced what it's like to be lorded over by the religious leaders by the Romans who can, who can kill you at will if, if they want. In fact, all of human history tells this same story, that everyone is trying to lord authority over everyone else. Everyone's fighting for prestige, for power, for glory. In fact, Matthew, who's writing this, probably knew better than others because he was this rich tax collector, who kind of lorded it over the people he was collecting taxes from. And we still see this around us all the time, don't we? See, the source of most of our problems in our society and in our churches is our desire to be better than others. See, the source of most of our problems is our desire to be better than others. And this isn't something we have to teach our kids to do. In fact, my kids are constantly fighting over everything of who got the most juice, who got the most blueberries, of whose Lego that is, whose Pokemon card they have, and who got the library book the longest in there. They're always fighting over who's better and who's more, oh, I'm a better runner, or I'm better at, at Minecraft. That We don't have to teach kids that, that's just what they do. See, think about this, our society, right? Consumed with self-importance, which is why it's so easy to be offended lately. We think we're so important. We take ourselves so seriously that if you say something against me, I'm offended. We have this insatiable desire to be noticed, to be respected. That is why social media is so huge. We want people to, to notice us and, and respect us. We want to be influencers, right? We're wanting to be able to control others' behavior, to, to be more in, in line with how we want the world to to be, that's where racism comes from. We think our group is better than others. That's why we have such conflict over politics that I, my group is better than yours and anything your group says is bad and wrong for the country and we should our group should be in power. That's why some people, maybe they don't say this, maybe they do, say, oh, I'm a Christian, so my morality is better. So you should do what I say. The, the country should be, go back to its Christian roots and do what I think that actually means. Interesting thing is, this is all born out of, all of this is born out of insecurity and pride. Like, they're they're weird combinations, if you think about it. See, most, the most prideful people in the world are also the most insecure people in the world. And I'm not saying that to judge, because I'm probably one of the worst with that. Like, this pride comes from this insecurity, and so you want to kind of boost yourself up so you don't feel so insecure, right? What Jesus is saying, that's how the whole world is. You've seen it. You don't want to be like that. You can be different. But among you, among my followers, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. But among you, it will be different. Jesus completely flips the human experience for all of history on its head. And he's saying true greatness isn't what everyone else thinks it is. What the whole world thinks greatness is, that's not true greatness. And you're like, Jesus, what are you talking about? Of course it's great to be in charge of everybody. But think about it. If there is a God, just even if you don't believe there is a God, give me this for a second. If there's a God, like a true high king of all reality, created everything, right? The uncaused, first caused God. Then he's the one who gets to define true greatness right because he's above everything he gets to define what greatness is so what amount of authority or prestige or power over others in this small span of time in this tiny little spot in the universe actually means anything compared to that authority right it'd be like a kid in rural Spain, I've never been there, I'm sure it's great, like a kid in rural Spain thinking he's hot stuff and that he's greater than you because he's the fastest runner in his third grade class in rural Spain. Like, well, I'm I'm hot stuff. And you'd be like, who cares, kid? Like, great, you can run faster than the other third graders in your small little town. And we think that's silly, but think about it, we're all trying to be better than our classmates we're all trying to prove that we're we're the fastest or the smartest or the prettiest or the richest or the most moral or the most holy or the most righteous. And God's like, who cares kid? Like why would that impress me at all? Why are you living for that measly little thing? Why are you wasting your short life on such ridiculousness? Why are you fighting so hard to be better than those around you? Let's be real. See There's always someone greater than us. There's always going to be someone smarter, always going to be somebody richer or nicer or prettier or a better parent or more gifted or a better Christian, whatever that means, or a a better preacher on YouTube than us. There's always going to be somebody better. And even if we reach the top, it doesn't last. See, do you, little little history quiz for you. Do you know who this is? Give you a hint. He created and ruled the largest and started the largest empire in the history of the world. Here's his name. How do you pronounce that name? Is it Genghis? Is it Jenghis? No, you'd be wrong. It's actually Chinggis. This guy reached the top of human authority for all of human history. And most of us don't even know how to pronounce his name. And once he did all that stuff, he just died like everyone else. And we don't even know where his grave is. Or maybe you heard of William the Conqueror, Battle of Hastings, 1066, conquered England, right? His body was looted even before it was buried. And this great king who like changed the Western society or whatever, he was so fat and bloated when he was dead that when they tried to stuff him into his casket, it exploded and they had to evacuate the church. See, what we think is great Our version of great is a fleeting and insignificant mist that means nothing. And Jesus says, but you will be different. You are my followers. So why waste your time on silly, puny, temporary efforts at being great in the world's eyes when you can experience true greatness that lasts forever? And God says, when you serve the children created in my own image, that's when you're truly great. When you love and you serve, that's when you are great. And it's a greatness that will last longer than this puny school you go to, or the society you're in trying to control, or this country you're trying to save, or even this planet. See, Jesus is saying, true greatness comes from making others better, that's what makes somebody great, what they do to make others better. Remember that Spanish third grader? Well, what if instead of being all hopped up on the fact that he can run faster than other third graders in rural Spain, what if he, for some reason, heard that you needed, n- needed money for your kid's glasses, and he put together a recycling drive to help pay for your kid's new glasses? You'd think he was pretty great, wouldn't you? Not because of his skills and, and that type of thing, but because of how he served your kid. See, that's true greatness. True greatness comes from making others better. And if you think about it, this is true whether you're a Jesus follower or not, because if you think about the great bosses in the world, the ones you want to work for, they don't see themselves as lording over their employees, right, this is a common example. They see them their role as helping their employees get better. Those are great bosses. And you might be thinking, as you know, I was reading this, you know, that's a sweet idea. That's really nice, right? But like in reality, in day to day, being like somebody's slave and servant, that sounds exhausting. Like, why would we want to do that? What is the difference for a Jesus follower here? Why does a Jesus follower actually want to do this type of greatness? For even the Son of Man, that's Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many." See, that's our motivation. Just as Jesus came, just as Jesus came to give his life. See, we need to think through why we do what we do. Why did Jesus come to earth? Why did God become a human and come to earth to show off his power and his glory? No. To, to prove he was the best, he's the greatest? No. To, to impress people with his wealth? No. He came as a ransom for many. He came for all of us, to serve all of us. God came to earth as a poor, ancient, Middle Eastern peasant. And he spent his life including people who everyone else rejected. He spent his life touching people. Others were repulsed by. He spent his life serving, being misunderstood for who he hung out with, being taken advantage of, and ultimately dying by a torturous, humiliating public execution. And if it stopped there, I would say, you know, Jesus was a nice guy. And, you know, he's a cool role model. Like some of the things he says was cool. Like, you know, don't just live for money. That kind of makes sense, right? And, you know, he's a wise teacher. And I'll add some of his stuff to my life. I mean that sounds good. I'll you know kind of maybe I'll go to church every once in a while on Christmas, but I mean we also have to like be realistic, right? And and look out for ourselves. Like who else is going to look out for me if if I don't? And we need to we need to try to get ahead and whatnot. Like we got to get better than these people. I mean I you know who I am. I I got the skills. But here's the thing: the eyewitness testimonies. The explosion of the early church that doesn't make any sense to any historian and the fact that the world has completely been changed by this one guy's story proves that it didn't stop there. It didn't stop with Jesus' death. See, the historical proof says that Jesus rose from the dead like he said he would and he proved he was the God of the universe by raising himself from the dead, and that he truly is the Great One, that he, he proved that he really did pay a ransom for us, that he took our punishment and the suffering and the disgrace we earned from our choices, and he really did defeat death for us, which means he is the definition of great. So if we want to be truly great, we need to be like him. We need to be servants of everyone. If you are a Jesus follower, here's the thing. We are not here to judge. We are not here to purify society. We are not here to feel superior or to exercise any authority over anyone else. We are here to bless the world. We are God's gift to the world, to show his love to the world. See, the happiest people in history, the greatest people in history, you've probably never heard of them. And they probably never saw themselves as great because they were too busy serving others. When we focus on serving others, there isn't enough room to focus on our own insecurity and pride. And so you can find your freedom by becoming a servant to those around you. See, only the person who is secure in who they are in Jesus who, who bases their self-worth not on what they can do or what others think about them, but base their self-worth on Jesus and not what they do. That's the person who is free to truly serve without trying to prove their importance. Those are the people who are great. And the cool thing about this, Jesus said, whoever in this, right? He says, whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave meaning it's available to everyone. You're whoever. You can be the whoever. Jesus offers this freedom from insecurity, this freedom from pride, from having to constantly fight to be great to everyone and anyone. He offers it to everyone. He offers to free us from having to focus on ourselves so that we can be free to focus on others. We just have to choose to trust him. Choose to trust him with your forgiveness, with your life, with your identity. If you want to accept that offer, it's, it's available to you. It's offered to you right now. You are whoever. All you have to say is, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want you to love through me. I choose to trust you with everything else. My sin, my future, my life. If you want that life, it's available to you right now. And maybe you already told him that, and you are a Jesus follower, or maybe you're just not ready for that step yet. Totally get it. But I think there's there's three things we can do to be great right now, like true greatness. Three things. First, a couple of readings for you in this episode. Read Matthew 5, 14, and 16 and Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Read those. Realize who you are or who you can be Mm -hmm. through Jesus and what you were created to be, a servant, what true greatness is. So read that and then ask this. Who has Jesus freed me to serve? Or who has Jesus put in my path to serve? And then actually serve them but serve them how they need not how you just want to serve them uh, there's these stories of of churches that would send their kids on mission trips to go um, into you know poorer areas of the world and they'd have them paint schools and then the next group would come and they would just repaint the same school because those groups just wanted to paint schools but that's not what the people needed they needed other things but they the the people who are coming to help just wanted to help their way they wanted to Right. So don't just help the way you want to help the way, serve the way people need you to. And a side note, if you're tired of of the hate we see in the world, you can do something about it. Is there somebody that's kind of hard for you to like? You wouldn't say you hate them because you're polite. Someone that's hard for you to like. See, it's hard to hate someone. You choose to serve. So serve them. Choose to serve them the way they need And then join. And this one might seem a little um, uncomfortable. Might seem a little awkward. But this, I think, you can do this in other ways. But this is how we as a group of people watching together for Salem, people who are part of uh, the Cross Creek community, can do this, can serve together. Join us. Participate in and give financially toward our for Salem opportunities. Because these are how we as a community... Try to be a blessing together. And they're not free. And we need the resources to be able to bless our community. We need the people who are willing to serve and actually go and help. We can do this together. We can be a a light on the hill together. And so, a lot of us, we need to rethink what it means to follow Jesus in the 21st century. Remember, Jesus followers do not exist to get great authority, but to give great service. And frankly, it's time for a lot of us to wake up, shut up, and just serve. People don't care what causes you're fighting for. They don't care what truth you have, or how important you think you are, or how right you are. You know what they care about? If you serve them or not. The mark of a Jesus follower is not how much you are, but how much you serve. The first Jesus followers got it. They served. That's why Christianity exploded in the ancient world. When plagues would hit cities, it was the Christians who would stay and care for the sick, often dying themselves, but being willing to serve to the point of death. They would adopt abandoned babies on the side of the road, completely upturn their lives to bring in this child into their home and raise it. They chose to love their neighbors. They chose to honor and pray for their emperor that was killing some of their friends instead of, you know, picketing bathhouses and gladiator matches. And the world, because of them, was changed forever. And it can happen again. You can change your world both within and without and together we can change the world of those around us following jesus in the 21st century means choosing to serve like jesus so let's rethink and let's choose to serve
1: excited to be talking in our connect groups Mm -hmm. maybe our alliances just in our conversations about how to serve the people that are around us so those are some good challenges there at the end to read those couple passages and ask jesus Mm -hmm. who has he freed us to serve Uh, you can also participate join in and participate in our for salem opportunities it's the very end of july and this month for our for salem opportunity was p d Hey. And it's not what you think. It's post- Or maybe it is. <laughs> or maybe it is. But it's postal delivery appreciation. So appreciate yeah. the person who delivers parcels or oh, parcel.
2: That's right. Parcel appreciation. Wait, parcel delivery appreciation. Yes.
1: So leave out some waters, Gatorades, trail mix. It's going to get hot again this week mm-hmm. in Salem, Oregon. But wherever you are, you can appreciate the parcel delivery person. Don't do this. No,
2: that would. But you could appreciate them otherwise. Yes. Yeah. So do
1: that. Um, but that's our July for sale opportunity. And mm-hmm. one of John's challenges was to participate in those things. So go for it. And in August, we'll have a brand new one that we'll announce here on this podcast video and over on social media. So what check those be? out. What it Who knows?
2: You'll have to stay tuned.
1: That's right. Yes. And you can also donate. Anytime you donate money financially to Cross Creek, mm-hmm. that money goes places. So we don't just sit on it, but nope. we actually use the money um, for for Salem opportunities, for our in-person gatherings. Uh, to pay staff, and all those lovely things. All this right. costs money. So thank you to those of you who are regular givers or donators. Uh, you can do that. language.
2: The podcasters can hear it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. You can do that a one-time or recurring gift uh, using our website, mm-hmm. and it's very secure. And so now we have giveaways. Mm-hmm. This money also goes towards the giveaways. That's correct. This week we're giving away $25 to rocks. Oh, I was
2: going to ask you, what does $25 of donuts look
1: like? A lot that's what i mean one of the commenters pick a number between 1 and 13 and i'm gonna go see who won ready go 1 and 13.
2: 12.
1: okay uh the winner is megan s
2: (gasps) megan s oh my gosh yeah
1: so we had 13 people enter on facebook uh and we randomly picked number 12 and it's megan s so megan s congratulations i have a feeling i know what megan s is going to get based on her comments on facebook Uh so Congrats. That's awesome. Uh, we're gonna give away $25 again this week. To? To a new place. It's never been in Salem before. In fact, it's opening this weekend. So not mm-hmm. only can you go do an Iron Man, you can also go get a Tokyo Roll. Well,
2: I don't know if you can do the Iron Man. I think you gotta like pre-register for that. Oh, it's a little I'm preparation. I'm pretty sure I couldn't just show it. Okay. Okay.
1: Well, this one takes zero <laughs> preparation. You just have to drive your car over to Toki Roll. Yep. It's over at, I think, Vista Plaza. They're mm-hmm. opening this weekend. Toki bowls, sushi rolls, huge sushi rolls, like mm-hmm. bigger than your average sushi roll. So check them out.
2: They've got a grand opening thing. Yeah. You I get think like a punch card deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: They have all kinds of great things. So $25, cool. you can enter on social media or email us at info at yourcrosscreek.com. We like to give gifts because God loves to give gifts. And some weeks we get a ton of entries. Some weeks we just get a couple. But mm. either way, we're giving away $25 this week. Again, this time. I'm
2: Tokyo. 100% sure that God is for sushi. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And the, the people somewhere.
1: who are making the sushi. So, oh, totally for them.
2: Right. But also, I'm sorry, sushi. Go ahead.
1: Yes. Um, so our last announcement is, uh, if you're watching this before Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. we did move our Minto Brown baptism away from the triathlon, Ironman, um, over to Woodmancy Park. So check out social media, check out our website. For more information about that, but we're going to sing some songs, mm-hmm. we're going to eat a picnic, and we're just going to be together and hang out. These gatherings are very important. So if you're in town and you consider yourself a Cross Creek person, if you're in connect group or not, these are great times for you to come and see people, That's right. say hi, we'll be there.
2: Yeah. Or if and, you want to check us out and see what we're about, you can yeah, come talk to people Even if you've too. never
1: met us, it's a great time to do that. It's going right. to be super easy. Bring a chair, bring a picnic or a snack or whatever mm-hmm. you want to munch on. Uh, we'll sing, and we'll just hang out. It'll mm-hmm. be really easy, really laid back. And it's a beautiful park, Yeah, which we it's a big, big helped to make it even prettier when we did a service project last month. I'm not trying to take any credit, no, I'm just but saying. It did look better. Those We're going to go trails, check it out. Yeah, we can
2: see. Those trails have some new wood chips on that's
1: them. Right. Yeah. In August, we'll have more gatherings. We'll prepare you with the details um, as they come about, and they'll be on social media and on our website. Mm-hmm. Twice a month. That's right. We'll see you then. And that's it. Questions?
2: Yeah. Next week, new series. Excited. be really? <laughs>
1: Okay. We'll see you. Uh, we'll be here next week. Happy summer. Happy camping. Stay cool. Go before your neighbor. Go before your postal delivery person. Your parcel, parcel delivery, delivery person. person. Yeah. And we'll see you next week.
2: Serve somebody. And then you can answer these questions, like we said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, bye.